Let's pray us in for the message this morning. Would you pray with me? Would you give this prayer to God? God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, my prayer today is that you would be glorified. I pray that everyone hearing this would be edified. And I pray that Satan would be horrified. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in the gift exchange series. And I hope you're having fun with this whole idea of the gift exchange. We love our Christmas boxes. And then the simple gift. I see more angels are showing up. We have a, a coffee bean squishy uh, angel at home. And Julia's like, we can't bring that. I'm like, oh, yes, we can. So I'm going to bring my coffee bean angel. But if you have angels, we're going to add it to this side. I love the contrast. Our Christmases, glitz and shiny and presents. And the real Christmas story is simplicity. Jesus. And I always do think about those angels. I can't, I can't imagine what the heaven was thinking when Jesus had to leave his throne and come be born as a baby. And then how they burst through the sky, the heavenly host, and sang at his arrival. I love that. I love everything about Christmas. We are uh, covering three things that we give God and that he will give us something else. We gift exchange with God. Last week we talked about give God your worry and he'll give you his peace. I hope you're thinking about that this holiday season and not overwhelmed with worry. December 11th is today. Give God your hurts and he will give you healing. If you haven't received that little white card, do you have that little white card with the present ribbon on it? Everybody needs one. If you don't have one, you're going to want to go to the table and make sure you have one of those. Everybody's going to participate at the end of our service today. We're going to think about writing down our hurts writing down our hurts. And this morning, we're actually going to come and give that gift to God. You're like, what kind of a gift is our hurts? Well, God wants you to give him your hurts. And we're going to put those in either one of these gift boxes. Oh, why did the one give? You can't see. Okay, we'll put it up later. Thanks. Good idea, Joe. Um, we'll put them in the gift boxes at the end of the service today. Next week, you give God your grief, he will give you joy. Then we've got our Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, where we actually talk about what gift can I actually give God. Today, the big idea is give God your hurt or your hurts, and he will give you his healing. You can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Put put something there, because we're actually going to read a scripture before we read that text. But we're going to be in 2 Corinthians today, so you'll be in a good spot if you just meet me there. 2 Corinthians 1. Three through seven we'll end with today. Hurts. One of those days. Have you ever had one of those days? Anybody have one of those days where everything goes wrong? Or something terrible happens that just upsets you? Whether it's at work and you received a scolding, or or whether it's at home and you have a, a problem with one of your children, or somebody in your family. You know the hurts. We carry around a lot of baggage, don't we? Our hurts, our wounds. And and this morning I want to focus in on that and have you thinking about what are my hurts? We've all had one of those days. I I love these. I I found some of those uh, insurance claim forms. You ever looked at some of the things that people write on their insurance claim forms? I love these. I just pick a couple today. 
an actual person was in an accident. He wrote this. Leaving home for work, I drove out of my driveway and straight into a bus. The bus was five minutes early. (laughs) I was knocked out as a result of the collision and was taken to the hospital where I sustained serious injuries. You got to watch out how you write English there. You can mess it up pretty bad. Coming home, I drove into the wrong house and struck a tree I haven't got. I like that one. Uh, This is a good one. The accident was caused by me waving to the man I hit last week. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. Somebody else wrote, I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and headed over the embankment. (laughs) Oh, mother-in-laws. And then this is a good last one. A truck backed through my windshield onto my wife's face. Okay. So, (laughs) I mean, we've got crazy one of those days situations. And we've all had one of those days. Maybe some of you are living in a constant groundhog day where those hurts are part of everyday life. I want to talk about that with you today and talk about how God will give you his healing. Scripture has so much to say about it. You don't have to turn or keep your hand in 2 Corinthians. We'll put them on the screen for you. But Psalm 107, 19 through 21 says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love, for his wonderful deeds for mankind. I love the idea that God cries with us in our troubles. Scripture has two clear moments when Jesus cries. One of them is at the triumphal entry. Uh, He cried that time loud wailing type of a cry. We always picture Jesus coming in on the donkey with the palm branches on Palm Sunday. All the churches have the live, you know, animal and the kids wave the branches. And and it's always, but it's never exactly like scriptures because scripture has Jesus wailing out loud. The reason why he cried there was because it saddened him to know that all of Israel missed him. They wanted a a political king, somebody to come and solve their woes, right? Gas prices were high back then, and they wanted something different. And and they were hoping Jesus was coming to fix inflation, right? And and take care of the oppression. That's what. And and Jesus realizes they don't see that I'm the Son of God. They don't see that I'm coming here to die, not reign on a throne. And he wept out loud. The second one is very familiar. I'm sure most of you, the shortest verse in the Bible, John 11, 35, and Jesus wept. I don't know how loud that was. I don't know if that was an out loud crying or if it was a silent sob, but it was at a funeral. Oddly enough, it's at a funeral that Jesus was absolutely going to ruin because he's going to raise the dead person to life, yet he still cried. It, It amazes me. And I think what moved Jesus was other people were crying. Have you ever been saddened when other people are saddened? The Bible even says, rejoice with those who rejoice, but mourn with those who mourn. So Jesus cries for us. We heard about that in Psalm 1. He cares. And then Isaiah 40, 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Are you having one of those days? Are you having one of those months? Are you having one of those years where your burdens are heavy? And your hurts are many. Let me tell you, when you're at your end, God starts. When you're at your end, 
God starts. Have you ever tried to take care of all your problems and worries and come up short and finally go to God? It's kind of a foolish thing, right? Now, this might not be the greatest illustration, but I know that, remember, remember back in the 80s? I don't know if they still have the, the professional wrestling like it was back in the 80s, right? This is pre-Hulk Hogan days. But remember, they always had teams, and you tapped your partner in, remember? You had to get to the side and tap your partner in. And the guy would just get walloped, and you'd be like, tap on your partner, he's ready to go. And the partner's like leaning over the ropes, saying, touch my hand, come on, tap me in, tap me in. And the person's getting clobbered. They start crawling, and the, and the other the enemy grabs him and pulls him away from his partner, won't let him tap in. And I just, I picture this going on in our lives as we struggle with one of those days. And finally it dawns on us, I should give it to God. And you tap him in. Friends, if you're at your end, good. It's about time you realize that you're at your end. That's when God starts. And when God starts, oh, it's a beautiful thing. His healing begins. And then in 1 Peter 2, 24, let's talk about ultimate healing. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Everybody say healed. There's healing offered to everyone. For believers, we know that if we give God our hurts, he'll give us his healing. But for everybody... Remember the key verse for this whole series? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to know today in the middle of our series for Christmas that the greatest healing that can ever be done in your life is salvation. We're dead people. I mean, we're not even sick. We're like dead people without Jesus. The Bible says you were dead in your sins, but God, who is rich in mercy... And if you will go to God and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my life as my Savior and Lord. He will make you alive. He will heal you. The Bible talks about being born again. I don't know if that's happened for you, but if you've not had ultimate healing, that's what I pray for you today. That's what I pray for you this Christmas. Don't go around trying to solve your own problems. Let's go to God. And he's not a crutch. I mean, he's, he's more than that. <laughs> I mean, people complain about Christians having to have a crutch. I'm telling you, we don't need a crutch. We need a whole new life. And there's new life to be found in Christ. So are you having one of those days overwhelmed with troubles? What are troubles? Well, for our purposes today, troubles is a general word for affliction, annoyance, and inconvenience. Oh, Anybody ever have a flat tire at the wrong time? Huh? Anybody? We, the men were helping serve for the women's Christmas thing on Friday night. And that's a great thing because that just means we get to sit out there and talk. And we're talking, having a good time. You were there, Tim. And we were talking about flat tires. And I was talking about my scenario coming over the, the uh, uh, Tittawassee Bridge, right? Tittawassee, is that what it's called? No, the Zilwaukee. The Zil Zilwaukee Bridge. I'm going over that and I'm pulling a 30-foot camper trailer and the tire blows on the 
camper trailer. And there's just no, you know, it's a, it's a large bridge, but you can't get anywhere. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the bridge off to the side as far as I can get. And I get out and I'm trying to change this tire and semis are buzzing by my ear. My son was little at that point. We just moved here and he's screaming, dad, get back in. I'm like, I got to fix the tire. And it's starting to rain. So I'm wet. I'm slipping off the thing. Semis are zipping past my ear. And I mean, it was awful. I finally got that tire changed and drove home. And we were in a hurry because that night was golf league. It was Wednesday night. Golf league at Oakwood. I had to get there. And I remember I got there and I come sweating. I picked up Julie, got our clubs, got to the golf course, got to the first tee where all the Oakwood people were. And I start telling them my story. I was on the Zilwaukee Bridge and zoom, zoom, zoom. And I'm just, it was, ah, it was terrible. And, and there's a guy there and he goes, you're an idiot. I mean, I didn't expect that. You expect, oh, pastor, praise the Lord, how brilliant you are. But no, this guy shouted out, you're an idiot. Turns out he was my insurance agent. He goes, you have full coverage. They would have came and fixed that tire and you wouldn't have to pay for it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm an idiot, right? One of those days, annoyances, afflictions, inconvenience, or worse, Let's talk about Paul, because maybe he'll give you some more insight. The range of affliction, annoyance, and inconvenience. The Apostle Paul had some really bad days. Do you know that through Scripture? He had some really bad one of those days. Let's look at this passage first. 2 Corinthians 11, 23-27. We're going to get to the passage. That's our key passage. Just hang on. But 2 Corinthians 11, we're going to see the problem before we see the solution. Paul says, are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I've served him far more. I've worked harder. I've been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. That's because they realized that 40 would have killed somebody. They, they were really good torturers, and they realized everybody started dying at about 40 whips. So it was 40 minus 1. And then he says, three times I was beaten with rods. Have you ever been beaten by a long cane? Oh, that had to be painful. And once I was stoned. I don't have to explain that. Most of you grew up in the 60s. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just seeing if you're awake this morning. Amazing, he actually, turn this down, would you? Because it's really loud, Phil. Could you turn that down? It is screaming up here. Um, I was stoned. I mean, stoning was was pretty fatal. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing Paul even survived. I mean, have you ever had one of those days where you didn't survive? I mean, it sounded like Paul had several of those kind of days. He says, three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I faced dangers in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I faced dangers from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Woo, everybody say one of those days. Wow. So if there's anybody in Scripture that has endured many things, it's the Apostle Paul. To the point of death. I mean, our hurts and troubles, I don't want to minimize yours, but our hurts and troubles most often aren't life or death situations. Sometimes they can be. 
But they're real, aren't they? It's your hurts that bring you to the point that I talked about last week. Don't worry. <laughs> if you got worries, give them to God and let them give you that unspeakable, ununderstandable peace. But those hurts and troubles, God will give healing. Some of you might be convinced today that what you've gone through, some hurt that you're holding on to, some trouble from your past, it's just something you're just going to have that's constantly afflicting you. Well, I want to I be careful today and, and I want to share with you it's not escapism that I'm preaching. It's not avoidance even. Some of these troubles and hurts you need to have some help with. No, in your troubles, be responsible. Can I say that this morning? Listen to your pastor. In your troubles, be responsible. Sometimes we have learned helplessness when we go through troubles. We just expect everything to be worked out for us. We put a burden on somebody else. I'm not preaching that this morning. I'm not saying uh, just give God your worries and your problems and don't do anything about it. No, no. I mean, be responsible. Say it with me. Be responsible, but give your hurts to God. Some of the hurts from your past you cannot do anything about. I say be responsible, but maybe you've suffered something from somebody who's passed away and you can't fix that now. They're gone. What do I do with that? Give that hurt to God. He'll give you healing like you never could have imagined you'd have. Just like that peace when we give him the worry. Know God is with you. In Scripture, we learn that God is with you in the fire. He's with you in the lion's den. That means he's also with you in the office, in the hospital room. He's with you. He never promises you won't go through troubles and hurts, but he promises he'll be with you in them. That's a wonderful help. So how did Paul get through that kind of stuff? Well, that's our, go ahead and turn now. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 3 through 7, our key passage today. Here's how we're going to answer the question. How did he get through those kind of days? Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so we can be comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patience, endurance, and the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. What do you think the key word is in that passage? Any guesses? All right, let's do something here, okay? Because I, I like it when the blood flows a little bit. Um, remember that song, my Bonnie lies over the ocean, my Bonnie lies over the sea, my, and you would stand and sit on every bee. Remember that? Anybody? You think I'm crazy? It's okay. All right, you don't remember that song? I'm not going to make you stand today, but when I'm going to read this passage one more time, and if I say comfort or any form of comfort, raise your hand and put it back down. Just like, okay, let's practice. Comfort. Okay, that, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's good. All right, here we go. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that you can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from him. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds with Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort 
which produces in you patience, endurance, and the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope is for you is firm because we know that just as you are sharing in our suffering, so also you share in our, I didn't say it yet. What did you do? Comfort. Good. I think it's good for you to have to raise your hand on that because then you realize, oh my goodness, look how many times it's there. Comfort, comfort. How did Paul survive that kind of a day? He tells us at the opening of the book, he's got a nickname for God that we don't use quite that often. The God of all comfort. What a great name of God. It's the God of all comfort. You don't have to keep doing it. <laughs> if you do, you're going to have, we're going to throw somebody's arm out and it's going to be trouble. I want to give this to you because you need to hear this today. How to experience the God of all comfort. When I give God my problems, when I give my problems to God, he will give me his comfort. That's what Paul is saying. The God of all comfort. He's out serving. He's ministering his travel. He makes planes, trains, and automobiles sound like a great trip. He's got problems. His ship has sank before. I mean, he, he's swimming to islands and barely making it, getting bit by snakes on the island. I mean, it's, he's got some horror stories, right? Paul has suffered, but he's learned that he's got a God who's a God of all comfort. You give your problems to God, he will give you his comfort. When God gives me his comfort, I can give comfort to others. That's an important point. For some of you, you're going through something and it can be overwhelming, but you need to know that a beautiful thing happens in God's kingdom. When you suffer and God gives you comfort, you now have a master's degree in helping people. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty. I wrote something like that down. I wrote, when you walk through the troubles and trust them to God, receiving his comfort, it's like going to school and learning how to comfort others. Some of you are like, I don't know how to help people. I don't know how to minister to people. Yeah, you probably do. If you've been comforted, comfort others. That's what I love about this message in particular. The first step is you've got to learn to give your problems to God. I don't know why we keep them. We keep them until we come to our end. But we need to be learning to constantly say, God, these are my troubles. And I want to give them to you. It doesn't mean I'm going to be, I'm going to be responsible, God. I'll take the next step I'm supposed to take. But I'm going to give them to you, God, so I can start begin to feeling your, your healing. Remember the saying, hurt people hurt people? If you're running around with your hurts and you're, you're not doing well, you might be hurting other people. But I love that the other truth is very true. Comforted people comfort people. I see it all the time. God uses your misery to become your ministry. You should be writing these things down. Pastors rhyming stuff like crazy. God uses your misery to become your ministry. That's the beautiful thing. It's never wasted. <laughs> I'm not minimizing the troubles you're going through, but it is the preparation ground to be of a servant and to help others experience the comfort of God. Some people are going through something that you've gone through and they don't think they're going to make it. You know, one of the most powerful things that ever takes place is when somebody who's gone through something that you're facing that you don't think can possibly be overcome and they've overcome and they're on the other side and they come to you and say, you're going to be okay. That's powerful. So comfort with the comfort you've been given that's the beautiful thing that we're offered here. And if you want to know what comforting someone looks like, all you got to do is look at the life and ministry of Jesus. 
Have you ever paid attention to Jesus's ministry? Julie and I are doing that thing. We're reading one chapter of Luke each day this month, and it's fun. We're right in the middle of all the miracles. And I'm telling you, it's really easy to see when you're reading them stacked upon each other that Jesus saw and was moved with compassion. He saw it, he was moved with compassion. He'd show up in a town, he was moved with compassion. Sometimes there was a young person that had a demon inside of them and it was ruining their lives and he would come and remove that demon. Sometimes it was sickness, affirmities and illnesses. Sometimes it was lameness, leprosy, whatever it was. He would see it and his compassion moved him. That's the life and ministry of Jesus. That's no wonder why uh, at the wedding early on in his ministry, they ran out of wine. And one of the miracles that he performed first was the, the turning water into wine. Why? It was just like, we're talking, it's just a party. Well, you know what? It was compassionate. You know, his mother said, Jesus, you need to do this. And he lived a life of compassion for other people. You've experienced his kindness. Can I tell you that this morning? If you call yourself a believer, you've already experienced ultimate healing. Your salvation of your soul. So what do you have to give? Well, the God of all comfort comforts us with an eternal security in him. Knowing our... And we can comfort others too. Share the gospel. One of the sub-things of this message is gospel urgency. If you've been comforted, comfort others with the same comfort. Share the gospel. Share the good news. I saw this online. I loved it so much. Dance like Frosty. Shine like Rudolph. Give like Santa. Love like Jesus. As Christians, I think this is an all, in, all for one, right? For all things are true. I mean, we ought to... Christians, come on now. Help me out. I, there was a book a long time ago, Real Christians Don't Dance. It was written by John Fisher. Real Christians don't dance, but he had a big red X through the word don't. I read that when I was in college because I grew up Baptist, and so I never did learn how to dance. And I'm telling you, you know what? Uh, we as believers, I've said this before, we as believers ought to dance like nobody's business. We got something to dance. You can dance like David, keep your clothes on though, because the Bible talks about David went to the streets and he danced uh, you know, and, 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 and he, he, before the Lord, you know, and, oh, I remember I'd never danced in water comes home and said the, the daddy daughter dance is coming up. I'd never danced before in my life. I'm a pastor at a church and my daughter wants to go to the dance and see, so you know what I did? I went to the dance and I danced. <laughs> I danced with my little girl and I danced at her wedding <laughs> It was about the two times I danced. I had to dance in college on stage. I was in Cinderella, so that was a waltz. One, two, three, four. I danced on a cruise ship once. That was dance lessons. Julie thought I was so bad she made me go to dance lessons. And they were having high seas, and the, the ship was rocking, and so we were moving. And it was really helpful for me because everybody looked as bad as I did. And we got to laughing so hard, we got kicked out of dance class. I, I'm not telling you I'm a good dancer. We're not talking about dirty dancing, but I'm just talking about dancing. And I wish Kylie was here, Ben. Make sure you, she hears this, you know. Dancing, dancing is uh, that exuberance from a spirit, right? I mean, it has to come from within you. And nobody should have that kind of joy and exuberance. 
like Christians. Shine like Rudolph, have you seen my house? Man, I just light it up. I don't know about you. Light up your house. I just think we ought to just let the whole world know. Let's shine. Let's shine. The Bible says a city on a hill cannot be hidden. I don't know why the church is hiding under a bush. Oh, no. We got to shine. Have you driven by Menards lately and said, oh, have you done that? Give like Santa. Have you learned the, the joy of generosity? Have you learned that yet? Oh, some of you might be so miserly, it hurts to give, right? Learn the joy and exuberance of giving people something. Love like Jesus. And that's what I love about this whole fourth thing. Because that one, that one's the Jesus thing. Love like Jesus loved. There's a quote here. Kind of to wrap it all up in a bow here. None of the problems you face are too small for God to care about. And none of the problems you face are too big for God to handle. God has all comfort for all troubles. Do you believe that this morning? Our God has all comfort for all troubles. The conclusion then is going to be this. I'm going to ask you to write your troubles down on that little white card. Do you have a little white card with the red thing? Do you have a pen? Can you share pens with people? I want everybody to consider writing down a trouble, some hurt, some trouble. Maybe it's just as inconvenience of, of going to Costco during a busy time. I don't know. Or maybe it's as serious as a wound you have that you've never been able to move forward from. What's your troubles today? I'm going to encourage you to do something we don't do a lot at Oakwood, but there are certain times in, in the messages where you actually, I think, need to have the opportunity to physically move yourself to do something. Um, I'm going to ask you to physically come up during this song that was going to be played for you and to place those in these gift boxes. There's a hole on top. And just by doing that, just give those to God. Whatever that means for you today, just... What are my hurts? What are my troubles? What are the things that are waking me up in the middle of the night and, and keeping me from moving forward? I want you to write those troubles down and the act of walking up here and giving them to God is your step. That's what you do. And then the beauty of this series is you give God something, he gives you something even better in return. He'll give you his healing. And you're gonna do this as an act of prayer. It's like coming to the altar and, and casting your prayer on God. By giving these things to God, we're going to pray at the end of this that God, the God of all comfort would give us healing in those areas. So what we're gonna do is I'm gonna play a video. They're gonna play from the back screen, a video of a song that I really like. They're gonna lower the lights down to, uh, um, why don't you do uh, worship, the worship light scheme and uh, play the video. And then when you're ready, if you want to, come and place those in there. Go ahead. Let's run that. Take me back to eight years old, the little church on a dead-end road. With a candle flicker in one hand And dad's hand in the other Take me back to silent night My heart was full and the world was right Cause right now the world looks nothing like Those innocent Decembers These days peace on earth is hard to find 
And I need you to remind me one more time You're still the hope of Christmas You're still the light when the world looks dark You're still the hope of Christmas And you're still the hope of my heart The snowflakes falling down Like a blanket on this town For a moment we can hardly see The pain this year has brought us May the sick find healing's touch May hatreds fight be one with love And may every heart make room for you The one who came to save us Cause you're still the home of Christmas you're still the light when the world looks dark You're still the hope of Christmas And you're still the hope of my heart She slipped her tiny hand in mine And we both talked to you And it took me back to eight years old My daddy's hand and a story told About heaven's love in the manger low And a promise that's still true You're still the hope of Christmas You're still the light when the world looks dark you're still the hope of Christmas And you're still the hope of my heart You're still the hope of Christmas You're still the light when the world's dark You're still the You're still the hope of my heart. Father, we give you these hurts and troubles from the most mundane to the most harmful and lasting. God, I just pray you'd be the God that delivers healing, just like Jesus would see people hurting. And, and heal them either physically or spiritually. Father, I pray for the kind of healing that could come today that only comes when we're willing to let you in. When we, done, we need to come to our end so that you can begin doing that work in each one of our lives. And God, I pray that you'd help us with our worry by giving us an indescribable peace. Help us with our hurts by healing those wounds. I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.